back. Hey everybody, welcome back to Voice Spark Live. You probably didn't catch the intro because we were streaming the video and I'm I've got poor internet quality today. But we have an excellent show for you. We have Emerson and John from Be Spoken, which That's we are going to get to a little later on. And the saying goes, if you can talk to it, they can test it and they can train it. So I'm looking forward to that. But right. as always, I am your host, Nick, followed by AJ in Idaho and Ben in the NYC. And uh, let's go ahead and start off with some news. Ben? What do you hey, got? Uh, well, you know, um, you know, we're, we have our sponsor Ling, uh, with Lingo, and uh, I was tuning into uh, Lingo Fest uh, earlier this week, and um, I, I saw a great talk from Hahoa Hamano. Uh, she's from NPR, and she yep. pointed out the question of what if you could actually talk to the news, ask it questions, um, you know, have that interaction, <laughs> man, with all the fake news or with all the uh, news that people don't believe because of the media hype machine, wouldn't it be cool to kind of just break it down and ask it questions and get responses back? So it was a really, really, really fascinating um, uh, conversation that, and, and discussion and, and, and talk that she had. Um, I, I recommend you guys go over to um, <clears throat> just Google Lingo Fest or it's on the witlingo.com uh, website um, and uh, watch her, 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 her talk. It was really, really cool. I thought it was a great idea and concept and Hopefully something that they, you know, they've had a little bit of success uh, at, I guess, at NPR with, um, you know, some of their interactive pieces and, and being able to get more information to people and have that kind of interactive experience. But this is this is the future. And I think it, it's really, really cool concept. So go check it out. There's, a, you know, the videos on there and uh, you know, links to her and, and, and all the information. But really, really cool piece um, for Lingo Fest 2021. Um, we're looking forward to that as well, guys, because uh, hopefully we'll be, uh, you know, working with uh, some of the students there and, and getting into some of the conversations of, of, of what it is they're going to be bringing to the yeah. table in the future. And hopefully, oh, you know, hey, you know, big time companies take a look at these kids, you know, it's going to be pretty cool. So that's the news I got for this week. The future is youth. That's what I say. Yeah. So, right. AJ, what, almost what, here. what do you got? <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> Let's see here. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, there was that article about the security uh, questions uh, that had to do with uh, uh, 90,000 skills were tested by the, was it a college university? It was maybe a cybersecurity company. But then they have this, this, the idea was that could somebody trick a person into saying something or making them think that the skill wasn't activated? But yeah, that's the what I picked up from that was yeah, it's the same thing. Where uh, I have a friend of mine that's a locksmith, and he was saying you have no idea how easy it is to break into people's houses, but you do when you're a locksmith. So these folks, I just wanted to say that with a grain of salt, these individuals are looking to uh, make their uh, their reports look more valuable and substantive. But that's the same idea. If you are an expert in something, you know you can find workarounds. But we have civility and things like that. I don't think that it pointed out anything that would put Amazon at fault in any way. There is no uh, indifference, no recklessness, no carelessness on their part that I could see from their report. Just simply, you know, phishing or anything that we see with email is is doable with voice. It's possible to be corrupted. Right. So that was not a surprise too much for me. Right. How about you? I think it's just like anything else, right? People are going right. to try to scam it. 
um, the biggest thing is, is that again, it comes down to personal responsibility. You got to take right. responsibility for yourself, your actions. If a skill says, Hey, to get the next fact, please give me your credit card number. You might okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It would be a really cool question is what is your mother's maiden name? Well, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you know, but Nick, that goes back to what and you said it just right there. Personal responsibility. You say it all the time and you're right. Um, you know, you, it, it's not on the onus of, you know, anyone else. If you go into a store and you, you know, you're, you're careless with your money, guess what? You know, you're not going to have any. So, you know, pe- you know, people are going to take it to take advantage of it. So uh, you're right, Nick. And, you know, you and, say there's an the interesting point too about uh, from AWS, you know, when I took my AWS solution architect uh, certification, one of the biggest concepts was security of the cloud and security in the cloud. And the idea was that Amazon or at least AWS was guaranteeing the security of the cloud. They were saying that there isn't going to be anybody that's going to physically break in and hack the servers. And we're going to make sure that there's power and then we're going to make sure there's redundancy. That's your responsibility to have the security. And they're saying to the developer, your responsibility of the, the information in the cloud. So it's up to the developers and, and, and I'm sure there's a parallel there with Amazon, but I could assure you that they have the hardware and the aspects about the devices operation have a huge amount of security in there. The only other thing I wanted to say about this was that there was one of the things that they said that people were using names and wake words that were similar to brands in order to trick people. And Mm -hmm. I could see that, but I don't understand why there has to be like a trademark API that they could tap. And like, as you enter, as you enter it in the field, be like, I want to name it brand flakes. It'd be like, well, brand flakes is a registered trademark. You can't do this. Uh, There is a special request that if you are the trademark holder and you need to reserve it or you need to bump somebody else who's using it there's a request system in place yes i would agree i would agree there are some uh, we have a comment from uh, emerson who is saying that some of the aws facilities he's visited are more secure than many of the military bases and that's actually very true the extent that aws goes they have multiple power supplies so if one power company fails that there's redundancy there and there is just a ton of cool stuff that they they do to guarantee the security of the cloud right i mean i mean them going through that there's the uh, or something you're clicking over there try it again you might have to reboot bounce yourself out and bounce back in very good very good all right okay it's a solar ben. flare yeah ben's got a solar flare <laughs> exactly. just, just hitting his house murphy's law of live streaming that's right yeah it, it happens all the time so um anyhow one of the things that uh again i wanted to bring up would be lingo fest i'm going to try to share lingo my fest. screen but i'm rocking a one screen monitor so please bear with me and okay well no that's roasty very nice there we are all right so lingo fest here it is march 21st or march 2021 edition hashtag voice first moving from loud hype to quiet value and this week they are going to be or have they had some really great uh presentators and tomorrow's is somebody that we know, Shamala. Shamala. So, 
Yep, from the Digital Assistant Academy, she's going to be presenting. And today was Dr. Terry Fisher, an introduction of voice tech for small businesses, brands, and personalities. So there is a world full of knowledge uh, that are going to be presenting. They each get an hour, so it ranges anywhere from 15 minutes to a full hour. And you can actually sign up and... Um, participate in either the um, by downloading the presentations or uh, participate in the student contest essay or essay contest so if you can go ahead over subscribe and or register for the event they have a bunch of different paywalls um, ranging from zero all the way up to a thousand bucks a ticket so go ahead over and check it out yeah and oh, that, that's sound future to be projected uh, you sound good your future is to be projected to be uh, a place where the brightest um, and most talented young people who want to um, present their work and then also practice the, the process of presenting their ideas uh, publicly yep. um, and a place where they think to go. So if it's somebody that's involved with linguistics or humanities or voice, that they have a place where they can go that they do not have to worry about what they look like or the hype aspect of it. It's really right. just all about the work. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And to what Nick was saying there, like a little bit of a paved, it's more like think of it more of a donation, give a donation, keep this thing going. It's, it's a great cause. You're, you know, we're, we're there, you're learning from it, but at the same time, you're giving a lot of young people the, uh, yeah, the you set your own price for the ticket. Yeah, yep. exactly. you pick the price that you're paying for your ticket. Exactly. Yeah, think fantastic. of it like a donation. Yep. Think of it like a donation. It's a, it's a great thing and it, it happens every year. So, uh, yeah, keep, keep it rolling guys. Let's, let's, get, let's get some do donations going. So one of the things I wanted to do was uh, spotlight a skill. I know we usually do that. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, so this is from, from Rendered Ideas, and it's called Life Trip. And it's going to be featured in uh, Vishnu, uh, Vishnu Sto uh, Sirhan's Story Cube, which is going to be released here in for iOS and Google. And you guys can see my screen, right? Yes, sir. All right, cool, cool, cool. So essentially what Life Trip is, Life Trip is kind of like what uh, something that I, I had thought about, like wouldn't it be cool if you could kind of like design a skill around making life choices and then find out how you do. So you can, um, the description is, uh, do you want to, uh, do you miss those innocent days of childhood or a child who wants to see what awaits them when they get older? Well, it's not every day you have the power to relive, uh, relive your past, cherish your present, and see your future. But mm. with this A-Lady skill, anything is possible. Everything is possible. Choose a life stage, answer difficult questions, fun choices, and bear the good and bad consequences that comes with it. Your anonymous life uh, is in your own hands. Now it's up to you whether it would be a long or a short one. Currently, there are three life stages, childhood, middle age, and teenager, uh, or teenage. Simply pick one stage and start your life trip. So I played it. Uh, I thought it was actually pretty good. It was pretty. Do you uh, win? I, Do you win life? You won life, didn't you? I don't think you ever win life to be honest with you. But um, I, even if you do good in life, I don't think you win life. But um, but I like the concept of the skill. I love the concept of like butterfly effectness, right? You know, if I say yes to this, mm. it'll affect the different questions that'll come from this bank and then, you know, um, and do all that kind of good stuff. So that's sort of like 
that's sort of what I see skills as, right? As that, mm-hmm. um, that uh, I don't even know what word I'm I'm thinking of right now. It's uh, simulation, the provoking of thought, right? <clears throat> like, oh man, if I do this in real life, good thing I tried this out in a skill because if I do it in real life, <clears throat> I may go to jail, you know, or you know, whatever. But I like that. I like that consequence. So it's consequential discovery. I, I like yeah, it. I think a lot of people learn that from playing Grand Theft Auto of what kinds of things they would and would not actually do. But yeah, there wasn't there's not a lot you you imagine it in your head, you play it through in your head, but it's like if the skill could be a tool like to just add a little bit more uh meat to the thought process. I've got to try that skill. I think so it's Yeah, a great try plan. it out. Try out yeah. um life trip. Just some more, I think you get some life coaches in there too, and uh, they start making skills like this, right? I mean, hey, yeah. And the algorithm is just random flipping a coin, so you just ask it for advice, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, it's a life coach, but it's really a random number generator. There you go. So, <laughs> so we're coming up on 13 minutes, as promised. The main event we have two special guests with us tonight John, uh, CEO, co founder of Bespoken, and also Emerson, their chief evangelist. I'm going to go ahead and bring them on in here. And add to stream. Hello, John. So slow. Hey, nice Hello, to see Emerson. you. Guys. Hey, guys. Nice to see you. Good old howdy. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the West Virginia in me. Can't help it. Hey, we're I'm, we're not far we're far off uh, from where where uh, Nick and I are from. We're from Western PA, so we're pretty close. <laughs> That's right. You know, he's from. Um, I keep on thinking uh, Wheeling. God, from yeah, well, actually, about about two hours south of Wheeling, from about half an hour south of uh, Morgantown, where the university okay. is, my alma mater. Oh, okay. Mountaineers. Mountaineers, let's go, Mountaineers! <laughs> so I miss you, a lot of those old backyard it. brawls. <laughs> oh, me too. Me oh, too. Yeah. So you're and from? John um, is yeah. Yeah, John is uh, actually uh, living in Peru. So we've got people scattered all over the globe. Uh, for this episode, so that's awesome. We is, got people on the West Is this Coast the first, uh, the first multinational uh, uh, guest hmm. star? No, um, the first five no, way no. international, I guess. No, the first five way and also first South American. We've had a few yes. guys yeah, okay. that have actually stayed up till three in the morning in order to join us uh, in Europe. We Ironically, did have one person that was on a, a half a thirty minute time zone sub time zone. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Where they were they were the thirty was... minutes in India, I think. So, getting back to the topic at hand, Emerson, yep. you are the chief evangelist over there at Bespoken. So, what does that entail? Do you like? Uh, um, do you preach on Sundays? What what exactly does that mean? <laughs> What's the life? Yeah, I, I try to preach. Uh, I try to preach from uh, dawn till dusk every day. You know my my wow. role. Uh, my role there, and I've had a, a few different roles throughout my career. But my my what what that means to me is trying to uh, trying to educate educate and proselytize perhaps the the benefit of. Uh, the solution that we bring to uh, to the voice industry, and there are a lot of people who have the title evangelist, technical evangelist, in uh, you know, kind of in in our space, 
And uh, I, I consider myself fortunate. I mean, I've spent almost my entire, well, I've spent my entire career in the broader QA space, but almost my entire career in the automation space. And I, I do feel fortunate that, uh, that what we have at Bespoken is both unique in, in the market and something that provides just a, a hell of a benefit that um, makes my job really easy. Makes it makes it really easy to talk about the the positive impact that uh, that we can have. Nice. Yeah. So you yeah, guys want to tell and, us a little bit think, about Bespoken, or what you want to do introductions, um, John? Yeah, let's uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, and then how did sure. you? Sure. Yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah, okay. uh, I mean, so for explaining Bespoken, I guess I always like to tell the story of. Um, how I got into this. Uh, prior to founding Bespoken, I was working on speech recognition systems. Um, and I actually uh, was building, or it was part of a company where we were building um, audio ads that you could talk back to, which was a really fun product. And so the, uh, the example I like to cite for that uh, was you'd listen to like a song or a podcast and then one of our ads would come on and say, if you'd like to get two pizzas for $10, just say call now. Um, and so you'd say call now and then we'd connect you to a pizza place, you know, or send you a coupon or, uh, you know, do a few different things. Um, but underneath that, you know, it was all based around speech recognition, uh, what we we're mm -hmm. doing with that, that advertising. Um, and so then when Alexa and Google Assistant came out, you know, I got really interested in the potential for those uh, platforms. And I just, you know, I think as many others did, I saw it as this is gonna be the start of a big ecosystem akin to what there is for mobile and web. And I felt like I had some insight into the challenges of building for that ecosystem. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was really our genesis. And we, you know, our focus has been on just providing great tools for developers. Um, you know, the testing, training, and monitoring is, uh, you know, what we offer today. But just broadly, we, we do just want to make developers' life easier, make it easier to build uh, really great AI-based experiences. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and so it's been fun. It's been really cool to, to watch this space grow up. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been um, watching it for a while and participating in it for a while. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's been, you know, it's remarkable. Um, it's remarkable how the technology's changed. The applications have changed the different people that are in it um so we've really had a lot of fun do you get to uh, bring your uh, advertising uh background do you think about advertising often like that mindset of the the actual end experience has to be perfect like that happy path for advertising is such a, a important target do you bring that uh to try to give that to the the developers so that they're always hitting their happy paths I think, I mean, that's an interesting insight, AJ. I mean, I, I don't think about the advertising part a lot. I mean, I, I was the CTO of the advertising company. I ah. loved the, the technical part of it. Gotcha. I, and I liked the ads that we serve, but I'm not, you know, I, I, I probably have a little bit of a, a behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were maniacal about really trying to improve the quality of that stuff. And I do think, you know, if you're if you're doing advertisements, you have a lot of incentive because you're you're dealing with small numbers of conversions. So anything you can do to push that up, mm -hmm. or you know, because we're really sensitive, we're working with some big name customers. And like we're super sensitive to you know them having a bad experience or just turning us off. 
right? Um, and so that's, you know, that's what drove us towards, you know, really focusing on quality, but, um, well, and, you know, and that's, that applies to everything. And that, that, that goes, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk ad nauseum about this, but that, that goes to one of the, uh, like one, one of our toughest tasks, which is, uh, helping to educate the market about what quality means in voice. Cause it is, it is very, very different than what people are used to for the yeah. last, you know, 30 years with GUI-driven applications, mm-hmm. um, web, mm-hmm. mobile, native desktop, the, the lens that a consumer looks at, a, looks at, uh, interacts with a voice app is, is very different than, uh, than it is traditionally. And yeah. it, it is a struggle for even very seasoned developers to, uh, to kind of make that transition and you know, shift that mindset about what should they be thinking about What's what's really going to drive the needle for utilization or retention or monetization um, in in the voice world? Yeah. Well, plus now, we're the pioneers. I mean, we're the pioneers. I mean, nobody has <laughs> sussed it all out yet. So those folks yeah. are hopefully not having to martyr themselves too much, and they're actually able yeah. to get some some help with that. So, John, one of the things that 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 reminded me of whenever you were telling the story about the advertising company, you remember uh, the movie Starship Troopers? Where they would show like a weird commercial and it'd be like, Would you like to know would you more? Like to know more? I, I, mean, I don't remember that, but I, I did see that movie. Um, yeah. um, it's the same go. thing, like, um, it's good. It's the same it's thing. Cool. Same director that did Robocop. And you know how he had like all those funny commercials, like, you know, like uh, sprinkled in the movie that kind of like yeah. paint you in that atmosphere. It was sort of the same thing like that. But I, uh, I thought that was kind of funny. That kind of brought me back to that. I was like, Man, that, that like, was the first it. time I think there ever was an interactive ad in a movie. That was it. They, they, they would talk about the war. They would talk about the, and they, they, they huh. there was an interactive. Huh. Yeah. Would you like to know more? And then the person could, you know what, Nick, we're going to have to reshoot that one of our how commercials because, you know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Orlando was in, in our how commercial and that just brought me right back. Now we have to do enough. And now an interactive uh, ad, we might have to tap John for that. Be like, hey, how's this going to play out? You know? <laughs> We, we actually did uh, last year, was it for, I forget what, what event it was last year. We did a series of silly commercials. We did a, a pharmaceutical commercial. We did um, did a, a late night uh, sleazy attorney commercial. Uh, did, did a bunch of those kind of capitalizing on that, on that same idea about, uh, you know, hyper recognizable formats for, uh, for in this case, they weren't weren't that interactive, but uh, but formats for for those types of ads. Yeah, and I started out uh, doing radio commercials when I was sixteen, and that was the I learned that the if you're going to try to sell out a concert, every single word matters. The way that you say uh, the the names, the music, the edits, you either what I at least what I picked up was there was no gray area. You either got it in the pocket or you fell short. You mentioned uh, when, when we were talking earlier, mentioned about uh, about Howard Stern, and if you listen to his uh, even a decade ago, like when he first started on Sirius, his his podcast, his voice sounds very very different. And uh, there there is, I guess, uh, like Audrey Arbini with the the sonic branding would be an expert at you know little ways that you can modify uh, what your personal sound is to improve your personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah. And every radio um, station uh, has that. They have a certain EQ curve that is being dynamically. It's it's sort of like a Budweiser. So everywhere you go, you get a certain experience. You can guarantee that that experience. We used to we used to use a well a Clear Channel. They used two Dolby spectral processors, which were like. 20 band dynamic equalizers and you could hear the same uh toyota commercial on live 105 or kmel but you would know which station you were listening to based on the eq curve of that that's aj for you well but but so so the so the bespoken is is more once the product is developed and then you're helping to make sure that the testing is standardized i think i was thinking it was more advertising no 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 and see here's the here's the beautiful thing about bespoke and this is what i love about it is the fact that whenever you have a we're all human right so we design something we think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread and mm-hmm. then you hand it over to somebody like bespoken and they have this conversational ai tool uh that's going to test and and do what it needs to do in order to find the uh, the kinks in the hose or what have you and that's the beautiful thing about it the fact that it uses that computer software it goes ahead it um it spits out the results and it says hey this isn't going to work and here's why and that's one of the things that that i like that that i like about it i've seen some of their reports i've worked with some people and they've shown me some of their reports they're pretty in-depth to be honest with you and i think it's (laughs) It's always nice to hear (laughs) yeah i well my whole thing is is that i think it's very fascinating that that you guys you guys you guys own the market on bot testing like you're it like there's nobody else around that is doing bot testing from what i'm aware of if if you're going to go to you guys with an Alexa skill or a or a chatbot, uh, people are going to come to you. You're where the buck stops as far as testing. Well, and 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 I I would say like if if you think about uh, if you think about a, a mobile app or or web app, you know the automation for those is you know is still vital, but you really have to have something pretty well developed. Uh, before you can before you can start that journey, or before you can pass it off to your manual testing team or your outsource testing team or something, you got to have you know the the interface ready. Um, but the three of you, and I'm sure everybody listening, has felt the pain of uh, you know the first day that you start with a new Alexa skill, you start with a new Google Action, you you make you know you, you put kind of the the framework, the shell together, and then you you hit the deploy button and you talk to the device that's right in front of you. And it doesn't it doesn't understand it or it doesn't work. And so you go and you make some changes and you wait a couple minutes for it to build in the cloud and you talk to the you say the same thing to the device again and it doesn't understand you and you, you keep uh, keep trying to do that. And that that is again one one of the nice things about um, in in many ways it is it's much simpler to do this kind of automation with uh, with voice that as soon as you would find yourself talking to a device, you, you're a you're already frustrated. And B, you should you should just be automating it. It takes it takes the same amount of time that you would spend talking to it to write out. Here's what I want to say, and then you can you can use our tools to to run it at uh, right with the click of a button, and then you don't have to say that anymore. You don't have to wear your voice out. You don't have to get frustrated about running about trying to do it over and over again. You can focus on designing. You can focus on developing. You can focus on brewing yourself coffee or something. Right. You don't have to be stuck at your desk in front of 
uh, one of these <laughs> one of these smart displays uh, <laughs> to be able to to do that same stuff. Um, and and that that's one of the really. I mean, again, I've, I'm I'm not. Uh, it's not like I have this expansive career. It's not like not like I'm that old. But but I've had uh, you know I've worked both in the public and private sector with. Um, hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, of companies and organizations on their automation strategies, and that it, it's it's really different in in voice that the the pain and tedium of after you've designed something, after you've developed it, or while you're doing it, of trying to see is it working right. Um, that that pain and tedium is huge in voice, and it's. Um, it's, it's one of the, you know, it's not the ROI driven or something, not one, not one of those kind of concrete yeah, benefits. The but... territory. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because I, I remember when uh, I was trying to think of some utterances and uh, it's the same thing I would get when I would be like trying to brainstorm ideas. And I, once that kicked in that I was thinking, wait, there's one or two ways to say this. But then when I really thought about it, it turns out there was like 30 ways to say this one utterance and so your mindset up like all invested into the this like sort of like affirmative assertive point of view but then to shift gears and try to find fault or flaw with it would be very difficult so how yeah so that's i guess that's the the question is like how would you in general describe the um the role that your tools play uh say if somebody has an idea and they're spending their time with creativity, how does the tool protect them from shortcomings or things that they've missed? John, I'm going to, I'm going to serve you up on that one. <laughs> I mean, I, protecting people from stuff they've missed is actually a really tough problem. And like, that's not one that, um, I mean, there's stuff that we help with there. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, the most interesting solution I've seen to that that's actually automated is using GPD-3. Okay. And it's it's the first and only thing I've seen. I mean, what what we hear talking to people and see people doing uh, to approach that is, you know, it's uh, there's people that are just like throw it out into production, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and if you, if you have a small audience, that's not a bad idea, but you see people doing that at a much bigger scale too. And it's like, I you know, that's sort of unfortunate. Um, you know, there's crowdsourcing tools. I mean, that's that's actually how uh, I got to know Emerson as we were working with uh, his company, Applause, that is, I think, one of the most well-known crowdsourcing companies in the world. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, I mean, that's not inexpensive, right? And it's, it's hardly complete. Uh, so knowing what you missed, I mean, it's, I, I think that's one of the great, uh, challenges with AI, um, and, it, so and there's not some quick answer to it. I, the best I can say is, you know, when you launch, you know, you're gonna, there's certainly gonna be stuff that's not there. Keep an eye on it and, you know, add it as it's going along. You know, really, uh, if you do your monitoring, you can uh, play that back into your tests and, and then make sure that, you know, maybe you missed some stuff early on, but you know, then you solve it and it's, and it's good. Okay. That makes, that makes sense to me. I've seen situations where I had family members and people that I would ask them, I was just making some demo software and I would ask them, you know, just say broccoli. 
and they would they would get so nervous that they the way they would utter the words that Alexa couldn't understand them, and that was strange. And I know certain things are just not protectable, but or they're not preventable. But uh, so so I'm understanding that the automated testing is so that you build kind of like in your DNA, right? You have the history of all the work that you have done at your fingertips, so that you can build from that point on moving forward. So you have a good record of what you know for sure. Yes. I mean, okay. that upfront testing though, I, I would love it if we had a solution to that. And, and people do ask us about it all the time. Um, we'll, you know, what we'll see I how works for it. <laughs> yeah. Very Maybe very on the next cool. one, we'll have, we'll have a solution. But I, I would say like you, you mentioned, you mentioned about broccoli, like the solving that challenge of how do I, understand um variations in somebody's accent exactly. is is a very solvable problem if if not the uh we do have some clever ways to to generate those accents john has a, a pretty neat solution to uh sort of convert plain english into uh accented english um Ooh. but but we we do have a a, a, a a, a very well-defined and, and again, unique solution to seeing how the biases in Alexa, in Google Assistant, in Siri, in oh, Bixby, in whatever it is, see, you know, what is it that they understand or misunderstand? What, yeah. what are those implications? And then what can you do to fix it? And that's, that's really the, um, like we, we see a lot of customers that, you know, that are not familiar with, with what we do that are like, I'm pulling out my hair trying to figure out I I'm saying I'm saying broccoli as clearly as I can and it's not yeah. understanding me say broccoli and and you can pull out your hair all day long and never figure out why it's failing but you can figure out what like what it's doing you can figure out right. what the result is in the platform and we can help people identify like okay how do you fix it even if we don't know why the hell it's failing we we can at least we at least fix the problem so that even if Alexa understands it wrong um, it still gives the right response. Well, my Facebook portal is yelling at me now. Even if Alexa understands wrong, it's still giving the right response to the user. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at. That so, your tool would help uh, the developer change maybe their methodology. So if there was a one-word answer like broccoli that was causing problems, then the developer would be able to look at the data that you get, and they would maybe change the phrasing to say, "I'd like broccoli." Like they could fix those kinds of problems because they would have their testing and they could look at the results of the testing and then make strategies from, from there on. Yeah. I mean, a, a fun example is think about addresses. Addresses are a, a classic problem in speech recognition. If I say to you, I live at one twenty three fortieth street. Mm -hmm. Do I mean I live at number one, twenty three fortieth street? Do I mean at number one, two, three, 40th street? Do I mean at number 120, 340th street? Like all, all of those things you might know in context, you might know with the pause that, that somebody puts in, but the speech recognition platforms aren't, aren't going to know. And you could, again, you could spend all day long, you pull your hair out trying to figure out how to, how to optimize for that. Um, or you could not, or you could, you know, write it down one time or write, you know, write some simple code, write a simple script, and then let, uh, the power of the internet, the power of, of bespoken and everything, try and figure it out for you. Gotcha. Very cool. Ben, what do you got? I'm laughing. 
I'm laughing because my first trip to Queens, finding addresses <laughs> over here where it's impossible. It was like 120th Street, 120th Avenue, and those meet. And what, yeah. I, it's it's hard for humans. I can imagine it in that in that voice, but yeah, <laughs> just getting a chuckle out of that. Yeah, thank God for Uber. Right. So John, <laughs> even then, I want to bounce this one over to you. What is the deal with the logo, the llama? And also, does he or she have a name? Uh, the llama does not have a name. I mean, we, we have a variation on it that we refer to as the robo-llama, which I guess is the closest to a name. Um, but, uh, you know, we're a uh, distributed team, but many of us are here in Peru, and uh, the llama is a very popular animal here. So we, uh, we just decided to use that for our logo and it's i mean it's as popular as anything else that we do to be honest i mean we <laughs> early on we brought to conferences little plush llamas and it it almost became a problem because people would just be rushing up and grabbing them and like you wouldn't really even be able to talk to like somebody that might be a real customer because there'd be so many people that that really wanted one of these little stuffed llamas i mean I, envy the response is amazing um I, and it's not really surprising me i mean i i like llamas a lot but uh <laughs> you know if you're ever uh wondering about a good sort of marketing strategy or you know sort of a cheap marketing strategy i think stuffed animals really work well that's that's my two cents from the experience. Oh, nice. do you have any of them left i i just texted my wife wink, wink. to uh to go bring me to go grab me one. Ooh, uh, we'll see if, we'll on see if she responds. <laughs> Tell her make that too. I want to see. I, I want you and, to and they travel well too. Because you know one of the amazing things is like early on with the Amazon team, you know, who have been very helpful to us. Uh, I gave them some of these little llamas, and they. It's not just that I gave them to them. And they're sort of like, oh, thanks for the present. Like they brought them back to their offices and like put them prominently around the place. And so there was people that were like, oh, you're the guy behind the llamas. Like it, it really was an effective viral marketing strategy. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. Are you, can you ride a llama? I mean, they're pretty could. big, but they're not commonly ridden. Yeah. But I mean, it's not an alpaca, right? It's not an alpaca. Yeah. It's a llama. Uh, yeah. Okay. It could be an alpaca, though. I mean, that's, ideally, we're trying to cultivate a sense of mystery about which one it is. Okay. Alpacas okay, are, small, right? alpacas are smaller alpaca than llamas, though. My friend has like alpacas are alpaca. smaller, yeah. but they're this really furry. The, uh, so can... This is one of the big ones. This is not one of the little tiny ones John was talking oh, about, but yeah. this is a, a oh, fancy big man. one. And the alpaca have that little hairstyle. Like each one, you could recognize it by its hairstyle. It's so cute. <laughs> Are you coming to Project Voice, Emerson? If so, can, can make sure you put one of those in your bag. Uh, we'll see what the uh, we'll see what the uh, COVID situation is and what the likelihood that I can get a vaccine before Project Voice. Um, I I would love to because I've I've been the last several years and it is it's a it's a delightful experience and awesome. I mean Chattanooga's is great. Uh, I am a big barbecuer and uh, also a big consumer of barbecue. And uh, so the the chance to get back to Chattanooga is, is pretty enticing. Um, 
Well, fantastic. Hey, we might text you for tips uh, on what to do if you don't. We can always mail as well as uh, the uh, exclusive Uh-oh. bespoke Nick? Yetis, which uh, are a hot commodity as well. Did you that see that? Plummeted. So That's now we, have a, we do have a question. We do have a question from Lane in the audience, and I hope Lane excuses our uh, delay. I love how we're all like Max Hedroaming right now. Uh, 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 uh. But um, so what are your thoughts on what Joel Brightham has done for the training of the average voice novelists, novice like myself? Joel Bingham. Can anybody answer that? Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's a bespoken user. Um, uh, ho- hopefully he is. And then the opportunity for... Um, for delivering that kind of training would be pretty high. We, we can uh, we can say that we compliment the effort for helping a novice <laughs> succeed. <laughs> yeah. So we want to encourage you to continue, and with more training, you will not be a novice; you'll be a pro. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Nick, the first time you and I interacted, you had um, the oh. it was uh, yes. the video game. Uh, like the video game, yeah, the video game database skill, and uh, you used the uh, the test robot actually to uh, to to try and run and test it. For anybody that doesn't know, we have these um, we have test robots set up that you can tweet at, and uh, it'll run an automated test on one of the physical devices that we have in the lab and tweet back to you the response, the video and audio response. Yeah, and uh, that was so cool. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, June. Yeah, we have to make sure that we talk about places people can see uh, videos, demonstrations. If you've got any links like that that you want to share in the chat, we can tweet them out there. Because that's what I'm craving too. Is I want to see uh, this in action, and I want to learn what, more about it. The, and, uh, what's the hashtag? Because I'm going to butcher it if I say it. Uh, it is hashtag Twitterbot. Is that right, John? Uh, hashtag RoboLama. Hashtag RoboLama, so, sorry. RoboLama. RoboLama. Yeah, I guess it. go for it. Gonna... I haven't checked to see if it's up recently. Um, so hopefully it, it is, uh, if you send it a message, it will reply. Did you get certainly people, people watch it Super in, Nintendo, uh, the robot that used to come with Nintendo where like you could. Rob 64, yeah. Oh, Rob. <laughs> Rob the <Yeah>. robot. <laughs> cool. So yeah, one so I mean, if... that, one of the things. I, oh, sorry. One of the things I always wanted to do was I'm a video game collector, and I love the Nintendo 64. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to create an actual database where an individual could, instead of going over to their collection and pull one off, they could actually see a um, the cover art, uh, a random picture from it, and mm. you know, hear a little bit of information about the game itself. So I built this skill and the first interaction with Emerson is like, Hey man, it's broke. And I'm like, what? And you know, like that is like a shot to the heart. That is like killing somebody's horse. Right. (laughs) I go back. I'm like, Oh, you just got to say Ocarina at a time. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. And he tried it and it worked. But um, that's how I found out about Robolama. And I'm like, I'm like, man, that's really weird. It's cool, but it's very, very weird. Um, but yeah, it works. It'll shoot you back a response. It's pretty cool. It, 
it seems like a perfectly apt story for what you do. Well, and and for, if uh, Nick, given your your video game uh, uh, video game love uh, on on Friday, so two two days from now, we're doing uh, Bradley Metrock and I do a, a thirty minute talk show on Friday mornings. Uh, oh, we yeah, have yeah. Um, Nolan Bushnell, who is uh, the founder of Atari, uh, perhaps mm. the person most significantly responsible for the proliferation of video games in the country. Wow. And, uh, and Zay Ortiz, who is a, a creative entrepreneur who um, was, he, he did, uh, he was responsible for the design of Jarvis and Iron Man for uh, like the DC Universe uh, title credits. All, all sorts of uh, all sorts of crazy things. So we, we have them for yeah. unfortunately a very brief period, but um, uh, but I'm I'm pretty excited. Uh, he, he yeah. We're not going to uh, not going to offend him by trying to play uh, the games that he created. That I'm sure he is uh, either an expert at or uh, you know beyond exhausted playing now after 40 years. But uh, but should should be an interesting well, conversation. Yeah, well, I will tell you this. One of the things that I've done recently, and um, I'm actually pretty happy that I did it because I feel like I'm supporting like indie developers. I went out and I bought an Atari VCS, one of the new consoles that they have. Mm. Out. There is a new yeah. Atari console. And I bought it. I bought it off of eBay. Uh, some guy sold it, said he didn't like it. I got the console. I got the classic controller and I got the modern gamepad. And I love it. I put it on. I put it on for about five minutes at a time. I play some games, and then I'm off. Uh, there's a there's a streaming service on there called AntStream. I don't know if you guys know about that, but AntStream is um, a Netflix-based video game retro video game service. You pay a couple bucks a month, or you pay for the year. I think I spent forty bucks for the whole year. But they have these contests. You can win these different. You can win like a like a pot. Like for every contest, you got to put in like fifty jewels, and you get more jewels by going back and playing more games. You could level up the whole nine yards. But it's fun, and I think it's uh, I think it's great. And um, we got another comment from Cozy TV who said great game and i believe he's referring to ocarina of time because i know who that guy is favorite of all time <laughs> yeah and um so yeah the ocarina i have a of question time is back to the the bespoke let's say for example uh i have uh, developed a skill and i've kept it very simple um but i need to do some testing to make it seem that the skill has run every single day of the year is that is that the kind of testing that's available through Bespoken as well? Or is it more through testing possibilities of things falling through the cracks based on the utterances? Can you share a little bit like what kind of uh, software benefits, you know, so we can understand it in a non-technical way, uh, a project or just an example project like that, how they would, somebody would in interface with Bespoken and just come out being thrilled beyond belief. Yeah, I mean, the monitoring aspect, I mean, that's that's something that is really essential to what we offer customers. Um, and so one nice thing is, you know, if you set up an initial set of tests and 
Um, typically, people are starting doing functional testing, um, which is sort of the province of QA. Uh, but from there, the nice thing is because it is fully automated, you can just run those same tests on a regular interval. Um, and so we really encourage customers to do that. It is, you know, very easy to configure. And then it, you know, it allows you to keep an eye uh, on your application and make sure that it's it's really working consistently. Um, so yeah, that's that's absolutely a benefit, AJ. And I, I would so say like we you know we we work with a lot of big big companies um, right that's making we, more sense but but we we absolutely love and very much support um individual developers startups uh nonprofits yeah. we we have a a cool um a, a cool customer that is the loop commission that is a um a compassionate healthcare nonprofit in Eswatini um Where's which that? is uh, it's for, former Swaziland um, ah. that oh. uh, are using um, are are using Alexa to provide you know greater care and outreach to uh, their affected communities in, um, uh, in in their area, and so for, for somebody like that, you know, it's it's not like it's um, oh geez, Facebook portal. I love the portal, but. Uh, <laughs> um, so, oh, so somebody geez, like that, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a, a um, I have yeah. several portals actually. So it's, it's not like a, some, somebody like that. It's, it's not like they're a, you know, a Mercedes, which is somebody we work with. They're not an Amazon, you know, they're not a giant mm -hmm. company that's making tons of revenue off of, uh, off of, off of this kind of, uh, voice solution. But mm -hmm. we, we have, um, we have those ones that are showing up on the screen, but we also have, have ones that are targeted to individual developers, to, um, home enthusiasts to, um, you know, we, we really try to make it so that there is not a barrier to people getting, getting this kind of benefit. Yeah. Let's talk about those, uh, right there under the, uh, Nick, can you scroll down just a touch? Yep. So you've got 24 seven live test runs, real time alerts, uh, weekly summaries and dashboard. So that, that makes sense to me. So the, once, uh, somebody's needs a certain level of quality assurance guarantee for either themselves or maybe they've grown, they're going to, it's almost like uh, getting insurance. If let's just say we were talking to the <laughs> layman, right? You know, after a certain yeah. point when you're running a business, you're going to have liability insurance. This is sort of like where you would, you would, uh, this is what, this is your version of that for software. Well, and, and, and like how many times, voice. how many times have you with, with a skill that you have or a skill that you, that you just use, how many times yeah. have you gone to use it and something has changed? And yeah. it's like an, an Alexa change that you had no idea something happened and suddenly it doesn't work and you've got to go in and spend a bunch of time trying to try to fix it. We, we protect against that. But then for, you know, we, we've been kind of uh, smart speaker centric in our talk so far, but we support any conversational interface under the sun. And a lot of people are using our technology for IVRs and digital contact centers. And so for, for somebody like that, if I have, if I'm an AT&T and I have 50,000 people that are manning the phone in my contact center, mm -hmm. and uh, I expect that my IVR is going to deflect a certain number of those people, they'll be able to check their balance or pay their bill, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, through the automated system. And suddenly that goes down. That's a a significant, uh, significant impact on their business. Yeah. And so for, for somebody like that, again, with the, the kind of stuff that you're showing up there is, uh, is easy to do with just one click, but, um, 
but yeah, it, like like you said, it is kind of an an insurance policy protecting you against um, changes in your system, changes on the other systems that you rely upon, or anything in between. Awesome. So that means it's more than just uh, it's more than just voice software. It's it's best especially for conversational interactions and the software that's associated with that. Wow, very cool. Very it's cool. fun stuff, Emerson. Yeah. What's your favorite What's your favorite sci-fi movie? Yeah. Oh, geez, favorite sci-fi movie. Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yep, you're, you're on an island. Earth grows so cheap. Uh, so I, I used to play the Star Wars card game professionally, and Ooh. I would say the game that I or the movie that I've most seen, the sci-fi movie I've most seen, is either Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. Um, mm. The and this is, I guess, maybe a little on the nose for uh, the industry that we work on, but I think one of the two of the most uh, perhaps emotionally or psychologically impactful movies in sci-fi that I really like are both her and Ex Machina. Um, wow! Yeah, good picks. But then, like That's you know, good. like classics like Dune, uh, Han definitely shot first. Um, <laughs> thanks cozy tv <laughs> i think that really is jack black <laughs> all right hey john uh bouncing that one over to you favorite well, sci-fi yeah, same movie. question to john uh the first one that comes to mind is the thing that's that's a real yes. favorite of mine. Oh, David yes Udall, sound design good and, one uh, it's amazing he right did. I think that that was the music was Ennio Morricone and, and John Carpenter collaborating together. That's right. Fantastic. And, and I was thinking about it recently just because we've been playing among us a little bit uh, <laughs> at work. And it, it does make me think of the movie, the thing. Well, not only that, but the well, drama, you know the per well, I remember watching that as I got an adult and I was like, I really understand the kind of uh, conundrum these people are trying to make these decisions in. Uh, and I loved it as an adult. I, I have, I had access to David Yo Udall's uh, collection. He was the sound designer and he donated it to our studio. So I had some of those old recordings of the, the thing and the screams and the scrapes. And, and I would say I, I recently rewatched uh, all of the X-Files, which I love the X-Files. And there is a great, uh, it's definitely a ripoff, but there's a great X-Files episode. Uh, I just looked it up. It's the eighth episode of the first season. It's called Ice. That is exactly like the thing. It is uh, oh, start, start to finish at the end, the sort of Shyamalan twist at the end. Uh, it's good if you can't dedicate the 90 minutes to two hours to watch the full <laughs> thing movie, you can get the sense of what we're talking about by, uh, by watching the X-Files episode. So it's the cliff notes. Well, the one, thing, <laughs> the one thing that I liked, the one thing that I liked about the thing was the fact that they made the prequel and the prequel was almost like a soft yeah. reboot. But if you go back and you watch the, the prequel and then you watch the thing, it, it, they, they did such a good job. Yeah, they it did. Seemed, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it. And, and at the end of the prequel, when you see that dog just take off and they're on that helicopter, <laughs> you're like, yeah. it's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the prequel was good. I was impressed. I, I mean, I only watched it once, but I, it, it definitely, um, you know, I wasn't expecting much. 
and right. I thought they did a good job with it. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so Ben, kicking it over to you. Final question. We're running up on fifty-five minutes. Oh man. Well, I mean, my question was going to be longer. It's going to get into IVR and deep conversations about that. So I mean, we could maybe save that. We love talking about IVR. I Listen, know. I was on I was on an IVR from hell loop uh, this past weekend, moving <laughs> and trying to get in with new cable and blah 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 blah. So yeah, no, I mean, like I, I think I think you know the, the fact that you guys test that it's it's so 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 needed. Emerson, when you started that, we started the conversation. You talked about you know like voice being new and in, in, in this, but that's an old problem. That's it's a continuously old problem that, that I think a lot of companies really overlook. And, you know, I, I hope you guys are, you know, continuously uh, and you, I know you guys are, but continuously finding ways to retool that and just not get people stuck in the loop over and over and over again. And it still happens to this day, but we can go on a d- deeper dive conversation, maybe in, a, in another, <laughs> another, uh, another uh, uh, episode, but I'd love to, but, uh, but yeah, but Benny, I don't have any questions. Oh, your new, that could be your new slogan. Be spoken. Be spoken. Preventing the infinite loop. Or Yama the Llama. Call the call the Llama. I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah, Brett, Brett Kinsella said we needed to change our uh, change our logo to uh, skip the drama, pick the llama. That that was his recommendation. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Hot Cold like Movie, nineteen eighty three. By Lane. Lane, I don't know who Lane, I don't know who you are, but I sure as hell hope you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. <laughs> Grind time. Yeah, so right. to, how about the future? Uh any any uh news, any like inklings of what's to come, anything exciting on the horizon? Either yeah. personally or business wise. I mean, we're really excited that we're part of this Google startup accelerator. Uh that's kicking off next week. Uh we think that should be a lot of fun and also Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, and we, you know, we like dialogue flow, so we're excited to work more closely with that team. I think they're doing really innovative stuff on the contact center side, and um, yeah, so we think that that's, you know, that should be fun. And I, I think there's some sort of demo day associated with that, so I guess look for us on that. Yeah, yeah mid- middle of May, uh, I think. Um, okay. And please come come back anytime if you have uh, new information, new insights, new videos, anything new you want to talk about. Just hit us up. That'd be great. Thanks. This, yeah, week, this week in Voice Live is every Friday at. It's every Friday, o'clock. eight a.m. Pacific. Yeah, eleven o'clock Eastern, eight a.m. Pacific. Um, and you can the find uh, us on podcast channel. It's on. Uh, well, it's on this week in Voice Live on YouTube. Um, YouTube. We also broadcast to. Twitter to LinkedIn to Twitch okay. to uh, just about any of the any of the platforms under the sun, um, and it is interactive. So if people have you know questions for really like the two most brilliant creators of uh, of our age, happy to uh, happy to serve them up. And then LinkedIn and uh, how do we reach you guys there? LinkedIn, Twitter. So you can find Bespoken is at uh, Bespoken.io on Bespoken. Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, we look forward to uh, look forward to the engagement. I, I would say no, no voice problem is too big or too small. And we we are a small company, but we're also a small company of voice nerds. And we love uh, it's the best. We, we love good challenges. Yeah, <laughs> That's fantastic. 
That's great. Okay, we normally have so uh, Ben's normally or Nick's normally has a different screen up and he shows me he's a little bit off today. So you can reach you uh, yeah. LinkedIn Sklar, S K L A R. Yeah, Emerson Sklar. Okay. That's me. Yeah, LinkedIn. Yep. Sweet. And um, so, real quick, um, final question for the both of you. I'll, I'll hit you both up at the same time. Have you both subscribed to Voice Spark Live on? Uh, Oh, Voice I've been Sparkle a subscriber for quite some time. <laughs> Thank you. John, what, John, this is a regular occurrence in the Sklar household. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that. John? John's silent there. He's I've like, been I've been subscribed for 30 seconds now. <laughs> oh, my subscriber. Hey, you know what? We're trying to get up to that 1.1K. We're coming in hot. You know, we've got... We've got some awards we're going to be handing out at Project Voice. It's yep. going to be a hell of a good time. We're, and, we're going to go uh, with the K gonna... first and then the M after for subscriber <laughs> yeah. counts. <laughs> count, count, us in for, uh, count us in for the K and the M. Awesome. Nice. The long haul. Well, hey, um, we're going to go ahead and bounce you guys out. And if you could, hang out behind uh, backstage. And we're going to bounce you out, say a couple nice things about you and the show, and then we'll be back with you. Sounds, Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks for having us on, guys. Thanks. Well, that was really cool, and I think it's a different take on yeah. voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, so great. I build skills. I do this. I do that. I got this thing yeah. that'll let you build this widget. That's perfect. But yep. is it going to work? And that's right, where yeah. these guys come in. And is yeah. it going to work properly? And what's right. the feedback level? So. You know, yeah. you can, like I said, you know, I, you can do all the testing you want, but at the end of the day, um, you, you're going to need somebody that's away from it. That's mm -hmm. away not only from that, but if you're in an industry that's regulated, like banking or something like that, you have regularly have to file uh, certification reports and things like that. Sometimes with the government, sometimes your board of directors. So that's why I was asking some of those questions about which level is like, so they're capable of handling these really high-end like uh responsibility reports mm -hmm. for when that's needed but then it all the way it's the spectrum goes all the way down to the individual that may be growing and now has uh some kinds of accountability and things like that where the quality is absolutely essential to their bottom line and i'm right. really excited to get i want to talk to them again about their ivr stuff so i hope we can get them back on yeah, yeah, that's why I was like thinking about. It. I'm like, it's that's a long conversation. We could just yeah, right. have an episode dedicated exclusively to that. That'd be cool. Be really, really cool. Um, AJ, if you can point out our uh, sponsor for this month. Yes, with Lingo, with Lingo, Lingo Fest happening right now. Yeah, you can it's choose your right own now. ticket. Participate. Yep. Yeah, participate. Support. You might find talent. Punch you might make your a new friend. Own ticket. That should be. Punch your own ticket. That's, That's right. For uh, Lingo Fest. Punch your own ticket. Yep. All right. So, you guys ready for the outro? Yes. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Thanks All for right. tuning in.